to the OD Cast on the weekly about succession So many pots per week C P to the OD Cast on the weekly about succession Podcasting like a pro, make some noise Succession is sadly still over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps as we count down the top Succession episodes in order. Today, we are counting down from 20 to 11. My name is Grace, but of course, I'm not alone. I'm here with the master statistician. It's Jess Sterling. Jess, how are you doing? Oh my God, please, no. What do you mean? This is like a nightmare title for me. I'm so bad at math. I don't think Master I Master think... Succession Statistician. Is that oh, better? okay. Thank you. I will gladly accept that as a okay. title. Um, I have the stats and I'm not afraid to use them. That's right. Uh, Josh Wiggler is not here. Where is Josh today? I'm trying to think of a succession related reason. I mean, 21. He's, he went to market? Oh, he's in, no, he's in, uh, he's in, uh, what is it? Where did uh where did Marsha go? Oh, um, she's Madrid. shopping in Spain forever. He's yeah. shopping oh, in Spain forever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we've brought in uh, a, a different third guest here uh, to chat about the Succession episodes. It's Rich Philberto, DM Philly. Philly, how you doing? I am so good. I'm very excited to be here talking about Succession with you guys. And you don't have to be the master statistician, Jess. Uh, you could just be the head counter. Oh, I would love to be the head counter. Okay. That sounds like so much better. Yeah. Head counter. There Just we go. Counting heads. All right. So we are halfway through, uh, kind of, because uh, there's 39 episodes. Continue to get to point that out. HBO. Again, uh, Yellow Jacket's doing a secret episode. The Sandman Rich did a secret episode. Maybe Succession wants to throw out a secret episode, and then we'd have a, a clean 40. But alas, we do not have that. So we have counted down 39 to 21. I'll do a brief recap in a in a minute, but then we'll do we'll we'll go through uh, top half, baby. 2211. Um Rich, this is your first time joining us on the episode countdown. I'm wondering, let me let me go through the list and then I want to get maybe your hot takes on some of the uh the things that have made it in the top 20 and potentially things that uh, you're surprised might be in the top half. Before I count down the the list and give the recap, I'll just remind folks, post your recaps.com slash succession. Make sure you're subscribed. We're not done. We're doing the Bachelor Royale uh, with Dr. Amanda, Jess and I, and of course the Versus Pod with LT and Josh comparing series finales to the Succession series finale. All right, let me give a quick rundown. 39, Lifeboats. 38, The Disruption. 37, Celebration. Uh, the Pilot. 36, Tailgate Party. 35, Succession. Secession. Uh, See? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I still love the episode title, but that's fine. 34, The Summer Palace, the season two premiere. 33, Lion in the Meadow, Jess's least favorite episode. 32 is, I know that's not true. Uh, 30, 32 is Valter, uh, some Lauren T action. 31 is Kill List. Then we get into the 30s. 30 is Return. 29 is Hunting. Wild bore on the floor being so uh up there. 28 sad sack wasp trap, 27 the monsters, as I like to say, the worst titled episode of the series. 26 is the rehearsal, 25 is Prague, 24 living plus, 23 prenuptial, 22. I won't say it. We said it, we all said it last week. We won't say it. S show at the F Factory, and 21 is I went to market. A culling of season one last week, Jess. Uh, but uh Rich, let me get your thoughts. Any surprises in there? 
I think I am much higher on season one than people are generally. Uh, really, when we look at that like 39 to 31 spot, I'm shocked to see Lion in the Meadow that low. It might just oh. be me, but what like I uh, love seeing Oh, no, Jess has some backup in this, I think, too. Yeah. It's fair. It's, I guess it's not surprising the deeper I think about it, but I just love the uh, frailty and the fragility of a Logan Roy feebly like marching through the beach like that, right? Uh, Adrian Brody like just preening as he goes. I think um, hunting also looks like, surprisingly low for me i'm much lower on board yeah. on the floor i think that everybody else is me too <laughs> absolutely because it's, it's so uncomfortable for you philly is that why because it's, it's relatable i have been in way too many similar experiences oh my gosh preening, <laughs> i mean not quite so highbrow but um preening posturing people that are taking their like overpriced guns out once a year for a very formalized event of killing that feels terrible to behold and participate in uh so that's like a personal anecdote for the listeners there i think the monsters also like surprises me seeing that low and i think the big shock is maybe like living plus um i'm maybe a little bit of a kendall stan and so he just it was such like a rise to the occasion moment i'm surprised to see it that low and tailgate party i guess for that matter um like I, I guess a generally like kind of middling episode but it's such a big moment that we get there that it still stands out to me uh yeah. those are my hot takes off the top of my head yeah. Yeah. Uh, certainly a trend we've noticed continuation of last week for the most part, uh, as I said, like <clears throat> with season one, one episodes one through five completely off off the board. Uh, all of uh, episodes, uh, all the premieres are off the board and then a smattering of twos and threes off the board as well. Uh, early episodes seem to be the low point of succession as they ramp up towards their finales. I am really interested. I think we talked about this last week, Jess, that season three is sort of famous not fame but like a lot of people are like we're season we're season of the show and yet it has the most episodes left out of seven of its 10 episodes it's very interesting i do think that season three has high highs and low lows and specifically the end of season three is just some of the best succession we've gotten yeah. um overall so i guess it's not exactly surprising and i think it's uh, for for what you said about season one philly I think that the problem is like season one has so much um, to do in like mm -hmm. setting up these characters, whereas the other character or the other seasons are able to kind of hit the ground running in a way that season one isn't as much able to do with all of the history kind of feeding into things later on. But I really struggled with that as well as to like, because as long as well as I'm, I'm ranking the all the episodes individually, but I'm also ranking my season preference as well. And I've had the hardest time deciding whether or not one is my least favorite because mm. it's the beginning. Like it starts something, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it's it's really hard to like want to put it last when it's like, but this is where we started. Well, this is a different show if you put the, you know, that Tom and Shiv fight scene at the beginning of the show, right? The reason like, oh, yeah. I mean, there's two of them. Uh, yeah. The reason why they work so well is because there's so much history in this whole thing that, um, yeah, it's the beginning. It's like, there's less there. It's setting it's setting it up. I like to give credit to like the beginning, especially like, you know, premieres. Like I, I, I tend to be like um, a little bit, I go easier on a premiere because it has so much work to do. But the same can be said for a first season of the show where it's trying to establish yeah. itself um yeah 
yeah, dare I say, I mean, we're like Survivor fans, right? I'm like a big Star Wars fan. I'm always ranking Star Wars things. And so it's one of these things where you have to look at like the first one that starts this like great project that so many people fall in love with as like really important. But I think it's inherent that like folks doing a thing get better at that thing over time, right? And so once you get like deeper into the project, you, they're just executing so well. They've got such chemistry together. Those later seasons are like extraordinary, but you have to like pay homage to the beginning. And I am DM Philly. You guys have invited me here. I will be remiss to not mention Dungeons and Dragons. This is a thing we've talked about a lot in terms of like critical role, but I think season three is a huge entry point for a lot of people to succession. And that's probably a reason why it's their favorite, right? And like it emotionally resonates with them in the way that it does. I, this may be pure conjecture, but this is like very much my take from uh, talking to the people on the street as it were. Can I ask this just how the rating system the audience becomes one score that then is one fourth of the final score. Correct. Is that true? Yes. Or, or and the guest rating is that how does is the that guest is weighted? I believe equally to you, to myself, us. and Josh. So yes. actually, it could become a fifth. The audience could actually oh. become a fifth of the vote. It's the fifth of the Great. vote. Yeah. Wow. Not yep. to diminish your. Uh, we thank you for voting. Not to diminish your. <laughs> we we are sort of what's it called when like people are like disenfranchised? We're not trying to disenfranchise you. Our but our vote does matter. <laughs> in, in the true spirit of succession right, I mean, right. to be fair we can't have people just being like oh the finale no, sucked one like get out of here with the, no offense to anyone well get out of here though no I like, get who it. are I get you it. anyway um all right here's my big prediction last week josh asked me if i had any predictions josh was pretty sure dc was coming off the board last week it did not come off the board but here's my prediction jess every episode that is politically centered DC, uh, what it takes is the one where they pick the president, right? And America decides, I bet, are all coming off the board. Okay. Uh, all the, no more political. The apologies to Dr. Amanda, but all <laughs> the political episodes are coming off the board this in this okay. that's my hot. That's my hot take. You have any predictions, Rich? I know you, we just gave you the list and you've been. Uh, I, think that, I think that there's a there there. I mean, as I was like looking at what I expect to kind of pop up, America decides. I think a lot of these political episodes, I feel like you're right on point. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not necessarily that speculative, but I think stuff like church and state, Connor's wedding is not going to show up this week. I feel like that makes. All like, right. Let me ask uh, you a question, Rich. Is any finale showing up in. Oh, this is a big question. We haven't seen yeah. a single finale yet. That is a great question. I think if any of them, uh, maybe the season one finale. Am I underrating the season one finale? The others Kendall are kill also, somebody. That's pretty I big. Know, but the yeah. others are all so huge, and they're playing off the same way we're talking about what happens in that season one finale, right? Like everything in the season two finale, the season three finale is kind of like circling back to that point so much. I wonder if it'll get like uh, the setup vote and catch eleven or something like that. Interesting, interesting. Yes, uh, you can't make any predictions. You have no, I know All right. the answers. <laughs> I could, but I'd be really do right. Any, do you have any predictions about anything non-succession related? Um, no, no, I don't have no. any predictions. We live regionally. How's the weather supposed to be well, tomorrow, Jess? Yeah. Oh, rainy, here? just rainy all okay. the time. Rain. As if you would have things good. to say other than succession or like yellow jet. I feel like you're <laughs> still living in that bubble, hoping. To I'm in. I'm it. still Hold in the succession it. bubble, and I'm going to stay here as long as I can. <laughs> I just want to say before we get into it, I am no Jess Sterling in terms of uh, my rewatch dedication. Jess, I have rewatched the entire series since the finale. Oh yeah. my gosh, like, Stan! I'm like so conflicted, but I really do love the show. I think it's cemented as one of the great. So I'm really excited to talk. Yes. To you. 
Okay, let's do it. Jess, TS episode and clues yeah. for episode 20, the first of the top, the, the, the best of the top, the worst of the top half is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, worst <laughs> of the top half, number mm-hmm. 20. Uh, we're about midway through the season for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, uh, let's see, we have a character kind of spilling some beans. We have- Is this the episode when Kevin spills the beans in the office? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I found out, I saw on a TikTok that half of that pot was filled with styrofoam because otherwise it was too heavy to tip over. It's a little fun fact for <laughs> oh. all you office fans out there. Um, I have a guess as to what this is already. Already? Oh, I'm doing a bad job with the clues. No, no, it's okay. I think I think spilling the beans, though. I, I feel like sometimes I'm like, I feel bad. I feel like uh, as much as we podcast together, sometimes I, I can't make heads or tails of your clues, which I think it's more fun. Uh, than well, if I just knew them, right? It's more difficult as we get less episodes to choose from. I think this might be a season four episode. I think this might be um, a honeymoon states uh, because this is when Hugo, this is... Um, oh, the insider trading? Insider trading. Well, <laughs> it is not oh. honeymoon states. Mm-hmm. Um, so the clues continue. Uh, there's a big, big, big money, big money this episode. Um, I have a guess. Do I guess? Yes, I yeah, yes, anytime, anytime you can buzz in. Uh, is it our Jesty season two, episode six, where we're like at the meeting and what is it? Carl kind of like blows it up and talks to the Canadians and everything goes sideways. I think we've had that. I, I, I feel bad because uh, so many of the that's uh, that's later, right? That's prenuptial, I think. Uh, is when is when for, oh, Carl. You said Carl? I was Yeah, Carl. Carl. I got Frank and Carl mixed up. Regardless, it's not our Jesse. Of course it's not. I'm just wrong. Yeah, that's Um, what I needed to hear. We also have the beginnings of something that happens in this episode. Like the very, very beginnings of of a relationship, I guess is what I should say. A very important relationship in the show. Um, We also have an ode to a specific vegetable. Um, which is very fun and one of my favorite quotes from the show. Um, this isn't Turnhaven, is it? it Pre our Oh Turnhaven. my god, that's a big. I made the joke earlier in an episode, Jess, where I'm like, I make the jo- is it Turnhaven? Because I just like I thought it would be high up. I love this. this is episode. this is very low for me, and I mean, yeah. I'm a season two stand through and through. Season two, episode five, Turnhaven. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, oh. the Roys go to visit the Pierces to get their moral characters assessed. Naomi and Kendall first connect. Actually, this is the beginning of two relationships because we have the Naomi and Kendall connection as well as. The first time Roman and Jerry do a little something where she's calling him a slime puppy. Um, Shiv is the one who spills the beans about her being the next CEO, which really turns off Logan to wanting to make that commitment. And of course, the ode to the vegetable is Tom saying, oh, king of edible leaves, (laughs) our majesty, the spinach. Um, yeah. so that is Turnhaven. I love this. This is the, this is like a alternate, you know, the mirror universes are so alternate universes are so hot right now. And it's like, yeah. we get to meet like the left wing to Logan Roy's right wing family. You know, I love this episode, but, uh, and I can't believe it. We all get, we gave it all fours. Am I looking at the list? Right. You, um, me and Josh, all we gave did, it- but the audience only gave it a three. And so we listen, it is Whoa. tweet in the top half. I bet you have to be excellent 
to get in the top 10. And unfortunately, Turnhaven was not as beloved by the fans uh, of the audience. Oh, as the that's fans. fascinating to me. Rich, what do you make of Turnhaven being 20? I absolutely adore Turnhaven. You have so much great stuff. Nan Pierce is such a fun character as a kind of counterpoint to Logan, Naomi Pierce, and, and uh, Kendall. This is like a great relationship that is probably toxic and dysfunctional, but you still yeah. root for because it's not nearly as toxic and dysfunctional as something like Tom and Shiv, right? Uh, you get like the great kind of love affair that begins to bud between um, Connor and his political opponent there. It's all yeah. like so absolutely fantastic. Uh, played, of course, by Mark Lynn Baker, beloved from The Leftovers and Perfect Hilarious. Strangers. They, they don't talk about this a lot, but that they keep showing that like this is his bro, but he's not his running mate. I don't think because like no. in, the, in his speech, he has two no. people that he had to get rid of. And then clearly it's, it's like not. His- his, I feel like, like uh, what does he say? Campaign it's chief of, or chief of staff for chief like of whatever, staff, yeah. campaign runner type of guy. It yeah. happens Hilarious. in this episode, right? Where he yeah. says, like, we cracked open a bottle him. and I offered him chief of staff, right? Yeah. Yes. It's just so fantastic. Mark Lynn Baker as like this kind of political foil to Connor's very like uh dead like presidential campaign is so fantastic. I, I loved her name. This is one too where I think that um really you should one of those episodes where it feels like because at the end doesn't greg come in he's like you guys did it but everybody oh yeah you ichabod crane mother effort yeah (laughs) but uh but this is one where like securing the deal in episode five is not good for the long-standing you know we should see it coming that like if you think you've got the deal at the end of an episode you do not have the deal because they do not secure pgn uh across the way wow i'm i'm pretty stunned i think this is going to be what it feels like every every time jess it's like oh no my favorite my favorite child yeah we're gonna it's gonna be really tough as we get closer and closer to the top right like teeny tiny decimal points are separating these episodes you know um so the the point is all succession is good succession and that's That's right remember well Logan's on his best behavior as they're visiting the the, the Nan uh, compound. No F-offs. Uh, Kendall does give three Ken dads. Uh, we said Greg was dead in the episode. Is it because he wasn't invited? Was I think he- so. I think that's why he wasn't, because he wasn't invited. Yeah. Kendall gets uh, daddy's favorite. And uh, and yeah, so that's Turnhaven. Wow. I'm stunned. Yeah, and it's only going to get worse. I mean, yeah. it's going to it's going to be bad all around, right? Like, in, in my opinion, there are some episodes in this in this section that I would have put in the top ten, but that's yeah. okay. Um, uh, it's a just, near impossible task. I've been listening to you guys the last couple of weeks, and as soon as you do the first like ten, like uh, thirty nine to thirty, it's like, oh, these are all too low. Um, they're yeah. all really good. There's only got to go somewhere. All right, keep, uh, retired janitors of Idaho keeping it alive for the fives. Just saying. All right. Yeah, uh, number 19. We are, again, in the middle of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, This one has a pretty... We get some really revealing information. Big news for for the audience. Um, We have a little bit of a debate as to the intentions of a character. Um, A little bit of a team-up. And a little bit of a heel turn from a character. Um, we also have a, uh, a character whose family member makes a pretty big mistake. The All right. This is honeymoon states of another character. It is honeymoon states. Hugo's season daughter. Four. Big F up. Big yes. F up. <laughs> season four, episode four, uh, honeymoon states. It's the day after Logan dies. Everyone has gathered at his home. The big debate is Kendall's name. Is it underlined? Is it crossed out? Uh, the big news that is revealed is Shiv is pregnant. Massive yeah. shocker, I think, to most of us. 
Uh, Kendall and Roman agree to share the title of CEO. Kendall makes a heel turn and allies himself with Hugo in order to trash Logan's name in the papers uh, as a result of Kendall finding out that Hugo's daughter did some insider trading. And also, uh, Marsha's back from Milan. She's here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all right. Uh, what do you what do you got, Rich? Uh, honeymoon stance, a season four episode. I love it. I love the Kendall beat with Hugo there at the mm -hmm. end. Like it really is so excellent. Um, so much of like season four. I don't know that I've still like entirely processed it. I need to rewatch it as many times as Jess did probably um, to put it all together. But this feels about appropriate. Um, I think like all of season four really good. But I'm I'm almost surprised this isn't a little bit lower uh like 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 lower like it should be it should have come up yeah, sooner I think it's a bit of a coup for it to like make it into like this like top 10 to 20 spot um i think this is a really strong landing for this episode i think this was a really fun one when we watched it live and i i do feel like the crossout underline there's so much stuff just that jesse armstrong writes into the show and you're like in another show you'd be like that's the whole thing that's it and then this mm -hmm. one it's just like that doesn't really ever come up again ever other than how it affects Kendall's psyche it, about it, like yeah. yeah it really I think the importance of the cross out underline is how it affects Kendall and mm -hmm. how he then moves forward from that of like regardless of whether or not it was a cross out or underline it all depends on how Kendall interprets that and mm -hmm. then and we see him literally zooming in on the photo he took of that letter Love before that. he goes out and makes this heel turn with Hugo so I feel like that in and of itself is the importance I do agree with Philly to me this is a little higher than i i would personally put this episode it's a great episode and it's a really important episode right like shiv is pregnant that's a big reveal mm -hmm. and the kind of the next steps of who will be ceo now that logan is dead that's massive and has massive implications for the show but i do think like this is a bit higher than i would personally put this episode i, I think i think what's fair is that we talk about the beginning of the seasons being lower rated and this is essentially a huge reset on the landscape of yeah. succession we come out of logan having died and now we're in this you know okay what's going to happen next and so finding out that Shiv is pregnant, the Kendall and Roman sort of resetting and being co-CEOs, but Kendall also wanting to take the crown for himself. It's it's a pretty big reset, and I can see where you folks are coming from in that I think it should be a little bit lower down just because it sets up a lot of what's to come, but uh, some of it's also like, you know, a bit of a like, yeah, we've been here before. This is shit, uh, <laughs> shit show at the F factory. I said the <laughs> S word. I didn't mean to say the S word. Um, that This is like, so much of what happens in that episode, right? So it's like resetting a little bit as well, Rich. Part of what I love about the underlying crossout is that ultimately it's a choice for Kendall to make here, yeah. right? And I think that in a very powerful way, he's evoking Logan, right? You need to be a killer. He need yeah. he can make the choice of whether to perceive this as a crossout and walk away deflated with his tail between his legs, like broken by the rejection of his father yet again, or he can like perceive it the other way. And Logan Roy is only going to look at it one way, regardless of the intention right if his father were in these shoes he would look at it as the underline you take that symbol you turn yeah. it into a symbol of power and yeah. you stride out there and like own the space right and it's a very uh definitive defining moment uh definitive defining that's very redundant moment mm -hmm. for kendall to like just 
decisively make the call that he's going to like march forward with this with the conviction at least internally that it's an underline and that he is the eldest boy and that everything that went down in that candy store years ago like holds true today and it's just uh it is a huge reset right but i think that like while it's got these great peaks of like the hugo moment to cross out the underline like the rest of the episode is what it is i guess standards Right. Can I just say something? I, I would just want to say. Well, we get Greg question mark, which is uh, a great Greg question. Can, oh. can I just say, all of you who were like, "This is what it is. It's this thing, and it's not that thing. And why would it be that thing? And it's not that thing. Like it's a cross out, and it's not an underline, or it's an underline. It's not. A gr- You're a fool. You're a f- the whole point is that we'll never know. And also, <laughs> it's a cross out, and there's no reason why it would be an underline. <laughs> you fool. You fool. Listen, we've seen a Logan cross out on Kendall's birthday card. We know what a Logan cross out looks like. This is clearly Not an underline. The at the end of the night, you know, it's just like as well. Very yeah. definitively cross stuff out. Um, I, I do think that there's like, I don't know, there's some real like beauty to what you're talking about in terms of like the interpretation of it all. Like succession gets so lauded for being this like theatrical, incredible Shakespearean performance. And it is, it is so larger than life. But part of the reason that it's so successful and resonant is that it's really personal and it evokes empathy, right? We can all like relate mm-hmm. to these moments so profoundly, regardless of how I was so when my are. when my dad removed me from the will i was like come on just- <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> i was like that looks like an underline he's like no it's cross it's cross it's out, cross out. <laughs> sorry rich i didn't mean to step on your point no point. you're fine i just was thinking about the time i actually did find my dad's will and i was crossed out of it Deep no it. Yeah. <laughs> so we've jess have you also been crossed out of your dad's will uh no i mean no. i don't know my dad is still alive and i hope i'm not crossed out yeah yeah i think uh fair enough this is that is very interesting for season uh four because it basically leaves the big one season four episode three which is the only episode three left on the board but it's logan's death uh and then eight nine ten for season four uh obviously no f-offs not even in the will from logan uh six ken dads hugo dies that episode he's getting uh effed by kendall and uh, we put Kendall as the, apparently everybody thought it was an underline. Kendall's uh, daddy's favorite in that episode. I guess yeah. probably just more than Roman and Ship. I have a question for the two of you, because looking at this list, it is interesting that season one only has three episodes left. Episodes six, seven, and ten, the finale. Yeah. Uh-huh. And season four has four episodes. Three, obviously the Logan death episode, eight, nine, and ten. Which do you think will be out of the game first? Season one or season Season one, four? because season four, it's, I mean, you can call it recency bias, but I think also, like, again, the culmination of all of this stuff that happens in season one leads mm-hmm. to season four. So I think season four, uh, I would presume gets rated higher. I don't know if you agree, Rich. I fully agree. You know, I think the end of the story is more impactful. I think endings are really difficult to your point, Grace, about like giving a little bit of grace to a pilot of a TV show. Endings are really hard to pull off, especially to pull off well. And the reason that we're doing this countdown is because season four was as extraordinary as it was, right? They knocked it out of the park. People are still really high on it. And especially that final run and episode three, obviously, these are like, you know, standout high water moments of the show. So I expect it to kind of win the day here. Yep. All right, Jess. Number 18. Number 18. Again, we're about midway through the season. Are we noticing a pattern? <laughs> um, this one, we have an introduction to uh, what turns out to be a very important character on the show. Um, we also have some bad news for Kendall. 
um, which I do think is a pretty big clue because Kendall gets bad news literally all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, we have Greg asking uh, Tom for a favor. Uh, we have confirmation two characters are boning. Um, we have uh, a very popular beverage featured. We have, let's see. Um, oh, we, we meet. Oh. Uh, yep. Go ahead, Philly. You Philly made a big <gasps> face. <laughs> I, I can got it. it. Is it DC? That's too late. It's too late. I'm trying to remember the episode. It doesn't uh, have what it takes. I it don't. is what it takes. Sorry, Rich. You do have what it takes. It's just the episode of the title. I definitely didn't have what it takes. <laughs> I'm not going to remember these titles. It's episodes. the Coke. No, no, no. It, the clues are so hard. The beverage could be. It's the Coke. The, the it's road, the Coke. Right? I just yeah. can't yes. remember where the when Coke it, yeah. came down and the bringing yeah. of Minkin, the Coke. Minkin brings the Coke. So season three, episode six, what it takes. This is the picking the next president episode. He got it from Virginia. the park, right? It's a park. It's park Coke. <laughs> it's not park coke oh. although i feel like if you're going to like you. a vending machine at yeah, a bar the park, park you can yeah. get some park coke mm-hmm. um this is when we meet dave boyer the vice president and all his lip licking oh, we meet yeah. the biggest con head panhandle Pete. <laughs> oh, yeah. um kendall gets bad news from his lawyer lisa that the papers aren't as explosive as they were promised uh this is greg asks um tom for a little favor can he hang his bobble of corporate wrongdoing onto uh, tom's tree this episode should have been called uh, tom lives in a diner i think yeah so tom eats bland called. food he's prepping to go to jail and we get confirmation <laughs> that logan and carrie are boning wow so there you go and Nankin. Nankin is the important character that we meet obviously this episode. yeah i really love this episode like i think i'm probably higher on it than i should be but the whole like act of the coke and Nankin bringing the coke and tom the christmas tree and like the lead up but like i'm preparing i'm training for prison like it's just it's like ridiculous. so hilarious in retrospect and it's like deeply tragic for tom right as tom is like really fixating on the whole prison cycle and like being ignored and overlooked like i do love this episode I I I think it's really interesting. I think the political episodes often people come away from them feeling like, boy, that's uncomfortable. It, it, it's this. Mm-hmm. It's weird because the show is constantly examining these rich people. I think it's I think it's more that obviously there is like Fox News, but I don't know. I I think that like I think if you're sort of left leaning, you can ignore Fox News. It's more like problematic that like you know that you're you know your grandparents or these people and your cousins, uncles, aunts, whoever are like watching it. And you're like, ah, that sucks, but they're doing it as opposed to like when it actually veers into politics and voting and picking a president, it feels like, gosh, it had such an impact on people's lives, especially what happened in, in, in 2016. And was so it, it infiltrated almost like even like left leaning news, right. In a way that I think um, it was so in people's face that I think the idea of when it showed up in the show, I think it did turn, people off and i do still think i'm one third of the way there that all of the uh, political episodes will get knocked out in this phase but it is interesting to me that they still do get rated highly they're in the top half of the show because i think they're sort of like the conversational piece is like oh i don't really like it when they go there but yet it's hard to deny that they are not strong episodes because it's how much your power and influence can wield if you hold an, an amount an enormous amount of money and wealth in america you get in it's the American political system is and the Canadian system too. I will I'm not just just an American show is incredibly broken and corrupted by money. Um, and yeah. so I just think it's like really fascinating that like 
I think I feel like the common wisdom would have been like, yeah, the public episodes are not that great. And yet yeah, here, the first one comes at 18. <laughs> I think the thing is, is if I, I am the people that you are referring to, Reese, I, like I am the one sure. who like is not big on the political episodes. I have this one much, much lower than it falls here in this rating or ranking, I should say. Um, I had this one at a 3.5, obviously out of four, like that's still a really good score. It's just for me, that's like a lower succession score because I don't prefer the political stuff. I prefer the businessy stuff and the family drama mm -hmm. to the like being confronted with the reality of what happens in our country can make you uncomfortable, certainly makes me uncomfortable. And it's very difficult to watch when like literally they're picking a fascist. Like yep. it's, it's so, so hard to stomach some of the time and in, in a way that like the tense conversations on succession give me that like, stomach hurting in a tense way but in a good yep. way the political stuff makes my stomach hurt usually in a bad way <laughs> i think um you know both of you make such like salient points here but just to talk about the political landscape i mean the world changed in a way in 2016 that like people who had the privilege and the luxury of being kind of politically agnostic suddenly realized this matters this matters to me this matters to my life to the lives of the people around me all of this is really important and i think that for me uh part of like the the kind of me feeling a little bit outside the succession fan bubble is from the beginning you watch that first episode and i'm like oh these are really vile scum of the earth people they're the worst of the worst tom is horrible he is abusing this man brutally they're all so sick and along the way they win our empathy we feel for them we we emote with them we weep for them right they suffer and we feel for their suffering but that does not um like absolve them of their behavior of their impact of their wrongdoing like just because we can empathize does not make them anything other than pretty like contemptuous individuals and so i think it's so important important the political episodes because while it feels a lot like a deviation from your standard succession it's not the business stuff that we know and love that we can afford to be a little bit privileged and agnostic about um it impacts us in the way that it's a huge reminder of like my friends this is all incestuously entangled uh people with this kind of impact and wealth business is politics politics is business this is all a machine to generate money for the people with the most and they are always going not all Ways, but certainly in the instance of this story, going to pursue their personal interests above any concern for the well-being of the nation, the world, or you. And I love that reframing and refocusing. I think it's like so fundamental to the theme of this show and the story that is being told to us that while we can relate with anybody suffering through their own story in the world, everybody is like, you know, the star of their own movie here. Um, these are terrible people willing to like absolutely like compartmentalize their ethics and morality that like Shiv the shining light of like hope that she might stand out against them to be like oh no this is at the end she like stands to take the picture with them right like yeah. at the end even Shiv who like pushes and pushes and pushes she's gonna get in the picture right uh, yeah. and, and it's sad but it's true to the story so I think they're important um, I also think that the Tom Kendall scene is the, one of the best things in the show that uh, stands out yeah, to me. I've never of, seen your dad get f Yeah, do you know what they're doing up there? They're picking the president of the United States. I love it so much. Tom is a man who like has lost everything, and Kendall is trying to offer him a lifeboat, ironically. And Tom's like, "Yeah, I think I'd rather go to jail than work." <laughs> She'd like mm -hmm. tell us everything we needed to know about the end of the show. Uh, yeah. Uh, the other thing, I believe this is the first mention, Jess, if I'm not mistaken, of one Peter Munyon, um, who is a little. Is he a seat sniffer? What does Logan call him when he finds out oh, that no, she's I marrying? 
I'm trying to remember if he calls uh, Rory or Rudy or whoever Caroline's ex is a sneak stiffer. It might be, it might be him, but this is when they find out that their mother is going to be getting remarried to Peter Munyon. Right. Right. Yep. Yes. I think, I think there's a little giggle when he's on the couch and he calls him a, I think he, maybe it's not a seat sniffer, but it's something that makes Logan giggle and you very, it might be a sneak. Yeah. I don't recall Logan, exactly, Logan's, but I, it might uh, giggle. Be. Um, so no F offs in this episode, uh, seven Ken dads from Kendall, uh, as they're debating. No, Kendall's not even there. He's, um, he's not in the room. Uh, Lisa dies. I think this is, uh, she gets fired yeah. by, by Kendall at this point. And, uh, Roman who successfully picks the president, um, or at least we are pres to presume he might be the president by the end of the show, uh, is named daddy's favorite by us. So yeah. yeah. Looks like Josh is the highest on this episode. You the lowest. I was right in the middle, which means the audience must've been pretty high on this one, I guess. Um, yeah. Let me take a look. So three, six, the audience was very high. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. a four. So okay. it, that's about as high as you can get. Okay. Yeah, I forgot that Tom and Kendall scene is in here, and it really is such a powerful one, right? Especially where he's just like left in this like very generic strip mall parking lot. It is so like um, he's typical. taking a picture of of Tom, and Tom's like, mm -hmm. "Come on, like, yeah, yeah come on, man, yeah, you clearly have nothing left, you know, yeah." yeah. Temple University is ranked among the top fifty public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. All right, Jess, that is 18. What about 17? Let's get some clues. 17. We are at, towards the beginning of a season oh. here. We have a team up. Um, we have a character making certain demands in order to fulfill another's request. Um, we have someone kind of being left in the dust after doing everything to prevent being left in the dust. A character is called irrelevant. Um, Ooh. we also have, um, mm -hmm. go ahead. Grace. No, you give me your last clue. I was just going to say. Is it say, about donuts? Is it they, they, they are worried about <laughs> yes, eating donuts? We do have some wow. very, very relevant donuts. I'm surprised. Mass in Time of War, the episode, you know, sort of, I think, what we might have thought we were going to get from the season three premiere, which is secession. Uh, but this is when they all meet in Rob's apartment and it looks like maybe the kids could work together and then they don't. And I do feel like to the point that Josh has made a lot where season three does, I think, lose some people in the show because it does feel like is this the show about this kid who's been a like, you know, beat down by his father and he's going to rise up. It is not, that is not what the show is. Uh, not at this point. And so it feels like this is really where the wind get taken out of Kendall's uh, uh, sales. Uh, I feel like in terms of mounting a coup against his father. Uh, yeah, to me, I love this episode. I'm shocked to like see me it too. this far back. I think I would have put a top 10. I think that it's like emblematic in a microcosm of just within the episode, the arc of Kendall Roy, which to me, like, again, I I'm like very Kendall focused here. I think he's the like central character of this story. While it is this like incredible ensemble and it's certainly about all of the family and the extended associates. Um, it's just so like profoundly kind of like descriptive of all of the siblings, especially I think she 
Shaven Roman coming in there with like, oh no, we're just here to like infiltrate the scene. But they're not, right? They all, it's like spaghetti through your fingers where like they're, they're going to move in any direction that they believe again serves their interests in the moment. And they're both like so close to being swayed, but ultimately not. And the fact that like the donut play at the end flips everything, uh, the way like Kendall is kind of like posturing in front of Rava and like so much of his behavior here is performative, right? And that performative nature of it, the same way as like the underlying, right? The performative aspect of it is like emboldening him. That's why he, I feel like rises so well to the occasion when he's in front of a stage, like that feedback loop from the audience is like what he needs. Kendall finds his value externally. This is like the failing of him as a person. He can never find self-worth until his father gives it to him, right? And here he's looking for like the approval of his siblings, the closest he can get. The rejection in the end is like deeply tragic, especially when it's tethered to a pastry, right? Uh, it's mm-hmm. a brilliant episode. I love it. Yeah, it's a really good episode. I will say I think I had this even lower on my personal rankings than it is here. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I mean, again, we're like, we're picking nits at this point. <laughs> I really love this episode. I do think it's it's a little chess piecey. It's a little like we're setting up the characters for what's going to happen later. There are some really important, like, conversations that matter and take place here right like we have like greg uh asks you and for help he's like mm-hmm. everyone's wearing armor and i'm in a loincloth like he yeah. needs help getting set up with a lawyer which then he rejects anyway a uh, shiv is going to be quote-unquote president of waystar which what does that actually mean no one knows mm-hmm. but she's going to be using jerry as protection like it's I think to me, the most exciting stuff in this episode is always going to be the bickering between the siblings and like they're trying to outmaneuver one another constantly. That's the most intriguing part. I just don't I think there are other episodes that do that better than this one. Um, And so for me, it does fall a little bit lower than we have it here. But it's still, of course, an excellent episode. Uh, The team up I was also talking about is like we really get this um, solidification of Jerry and Roman being like a powerhouse as Jerry is now CEO. Um, the thing I think I like about this one in terms of the siblings is how Logan has so much influence by doing so little, you know, it like the donuts seem so silly and the donuts could be a thing that honestly, that they're close to being the type of silly I don't like in succession. And yet it, it works so perfectly that they think that he might've poisoned the donuts. He just sends donuts and as they're all fighting and not even fighting as they are potentially coming to some sort of agreement. Um, and, and as per usual, the thing that, that blows it all up is who will be in charge, who gets the one job we all want. Um, and it it disagrees, but the, you know, and there's some really funny lines in terms of, uh, he's like, let's go to, uh, yes. Uh, Sophie's room. It's like, Oh, you remembered your kid's name Uh, (laughs) is very funny that them all chatting in Sophie's room. I really think that the shiv stuff in this episode is really powerful. Like we didn't know. It's like, you knew, knew. but like that is so layered because like, should a girl a little girl who like you know like yeah she knows but also like what she doesn't have responsibility or onus to like you know all of that stuff so i just you know and then and then roman walks out it's like no he loved it and connor's like even connor's like i think that was a little too far um i don't know i really think it's it's a really well done um sort of like you know, put them all in one room and just see what happens. I think it's one of the best. Yeah. Uh, it lets the ensemble uh, shine. I was on early in the season with Jess and Joss, and I, I talked a little bit about like uh, being like a Connor defender, you know, politics notwithstanding. <laughs> uh, and I think like this is one of the episodes. Billy is the world's out. biggest con head. I am. True I love him. Yeah. Beat. 
I love him. Uh, I think that just as a person, you know, he's like, he's handled this stuff so well. It's the whole thing of like, you love sponges. I'm like, I, I live off dirt yeah. and air, you know? Um, but the whole beat here of even like, he's the one that like fixates on the donuts, Kendall yelling at him, like, stop looking at the effing donuts, man. But uh, it's just really like emblematic of the way Connor is like, at least insightful enough to remove himself from this. And I do love mm-hmm. that beat where he calls them out. Like, you knew um, the, the like shift culpability there is like a very complex issue to take apart. But Connor certainly did know. And I think like with the hindsight of Moe's funeral, where he's kind of like talking about like, well, we kind of didn't know it was a different time. I like this because in this honest moment with the siblings, he's like putting down the bullshit pretense that he gave to Willa at the funeral of Mm -hmm. like, it was a different time, yada, yada, Mm -hmm. yada. Like, no, we knew. We knew and we made ourselves okay with it because of the trappings of what we have around yeah. us. Because uh, Connor is yeah. the one who's least likely to be playing games mm-hmm. all the time. You know, like everyone else is trying to make moves and maneuver around one another. Connor is the first one to be like, okay, we're family here. Like we can be honest, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I do. I do appreciate that. From I think uh, richest Rich's love for Connor is equal to Mike's hate for Willa. So it all balances, <laughs> out. It balances out. How dare you, Mike Bloom? <laughs> no F-offs. 10 Ken dads from Ken. The coup is what dies in this episode. Their attempted coup of their father. He sits in Sarajevo uh, mm-hmm. and Roman turns out to be daddy's favorite as he was playing spy the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, Sayonara to, to episode twos. The first uh, grouping That's to go it. is episode ones. The next one is episode two. This I don't think we're going to get three. I don't think we're going to get threes. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> unless, uh, unless Logan's death, people were like, I don't like that one. But uh, yeah, again, just the trend of early, the earlier in the show, the worse it is. Not that it's bad, but it gets yeah, better as it goes. Yeah, the lower false. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's right. get into episode 16. 16. Yeah. Uh, we have a, uh, for a change, let's look towards the later of the later in the season here. The series finale um, with open eyes. <laughs> no. oh. Um, uh, we have a big event. Uh, we have, a kind of, a, um, a moment that will be felt throughout the entire, uh, series. I would say, uh, we have a bit of a clap back from a character, um, we also have, uh, an attempted, I mean, let's just call it an attempted coup because so many of those happen all the time. <laughs> is Josh going to be disappointed? I was supposed to pour one out for DC, Jess. Is this DC? Tis not DC. Oh, is it retired janitor's Vida? It is not. No. Uh, so let me continue. Yeah. So we have, let's see, uh, what else happens? We have Greg trying to make a little bit of a move, um a big did i say a big event um yeah. a big uh, another location based episode i should have started with that i love to say Ooh. i love to shout out a location based episode um gosh uh it's i'll, I'll say this cuz i think maybe this will help you guess uh i am shocked to see it fall this low like truly one so, of the biggest shocks i've had of this list i think it could be late it's not super but Austerlitz is 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 seven uh done Done. D- are we going L to the OG? I don't know. I don't think it's L to the OG. A part of me almost wants to say all the bells say, and that's really just like hanging on uh, Jess's last clue there, that they're shocked to see it so low. Uh, mm. But that's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. All right. I think you got to give it to us, Jess. It is bounce the around. season one finale. Whoa. Nobody is ever missing. Good call, I'm, Rich. I'm I like, it. yeah, it's it's a finale. I'm upset. I think justice Whoa. for the season one finale. I love nobody is ever missing. It's Shiv's wedding. Kendall kills the cater waiter. <laughs> like this is the episode, right? 
like this is it's the bear hug it's wow. logan then getting kendall back on side because his people saw kendall's uh room key card right um tom, amir damn you amir damn you amir tom is making nate pour the wine back in the bottle we see so one of like tells it like i would like to have an open relationship yeah on wedding. so many important Whoa. things are set up in this episode Whoa. and it's it falls to 16 i audacity. mean to the point of i i do think like so there is some synergy here with this one and and season one episode six in terms of you know, the phrase I love to use that I stole from Josh Wiggler, which is let the show tell you what it is. And what the show keeps telling us is Kendall wants to be his father and he'll never be his father. He's such a, he's such a screw. Every time he'll try to do it, he's not a killer. He can't do it. Ironically enough, he is a killer. And even that is <laughs> no, wrong killing. But I just think like, I, I do, I love episode, season one, episode six, I think more than this one. So it's not, you know, and there's another, uh, obviously Oswald's is still on the board for season one, but I do think there is something to this in terms of it's not how I thought the season would end. I think this, like the messaging of people don't change, um, you know, the fact that Logan, you know, you feel like this is a show that's about taking down their awful father. And by the end of it, he is bear hugging the son who is trying to bear hug him in this massive room, right? With this, and he's like my boy and he's hugging him and Kendall's crying. I feel like this one tells us so much about what the show is. And I think that there certainly are probably better episodes uh, after it again with like the depth of it. I think I just like, I would have this so much higher up uh, yep. because of how much it, it like is the show. Like, honestly, I think you could like, not that I want this to be true. I think you could have ended the show at this point. I think it's that powerful of an ending. I fully agree. You know, just like in going back to talk about like the kind of homage that you have to pay to the thing that sets up the thing that you end up loving. Like this is the pivotal moment of the show. I think like through the lens that at least I am looking at it as like the tragic fall of Kendall Roy. That's the central story that's being told across this ensemble piece that we get. And, um, you know, much has been said about the whole, the John Berryman poem and the kind of finales all being connected dream song 29, all these titles. But I think in the way that I said it early on, like nobody is ever missing the season one finale it sets up all the rest of the finales right like at the end of season two this is not for tears this is where like kendall's gonna get fingered fundamentally because of like this killing right i think that this is like instrumental to logan's decision making which then brings you to the end all the bells say where he's sorry you said confess. he's gonna get what uh, i did, I, did. <laughs> I, just I don't know how long i tried really hard i heard it and i didn't say anything great yeah sorry and then to all the bells say yes uh and then you end up into like uh you yeah, know all the bells say where he's gonna confess to his siblings like yes. oh my god this yes. thing and there's the moment of yes. like unification for the first time ever we walk away believing like maybe they're on the same page they've yeah. got like enough emotional clarity to like get together and then we're gonna close it out with open eyes where he stands there about to throw himself into the ocean because like he can't move forward from any of this he's gonna well, drown himself the, the same way the kid died like the finale beat of like shiv being like you you can't yes you killed exactly. somebody yes so, this is like an, an immensely important integral episode of succession and it just it it, it physically who did this me who did to, this the you audience, did it, you no i know they did it who did it specifically? all of them did it no, they're listeners. anonymous um, they're anonymous um, yeah. i'm with you jeff it's like there's the part of me especially as like the old man on this panel that's like no 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 you got to give the credit to like what sets it up if that yeah. like first season one finale is not what it is you don't get the other three so i appreciate that people may find the other three more satisfying to go through and more kind of visceral but you need the first 
it's so important. important. Like, yeah. let's like not even just the big things of like obviously Kendall killing the cater waiter, right? Like all though that is immensely important. The bear hug, immensely important. But like, look at the also the things that are set up in this episode. Connor decides to run for president in this sure episode. Does. You know, like I know that's silly, but like he does. And like mm. on top, I mean, if he's gonna run on the plat, the two greatest evils, unsecured debt and masturbation. Let's not forget. <laughs> um, <laughs> we also have like, like you were saying, Grace, like Shiv is saying to Tom, you know what? Maybe I don't want a conventional marriage. And that like pretty much, in my opinion, really is setting up their downfall. She even- breaks off the seal of like, whatever you thought this was, this is not it's what not it is. It's not it. Like even Horrible. he was even willing to look, set aside yeah. the yeah. Nate infidelity, right? Like yeah. he was willing to just not even look at that. But yeah. her as long thing- as you're married to me. But no. exactly. And she no. she breaks his heart in that way that, in my opinion, they just never really fully recover from. Um, And, and on top of I'm that, I'm never going to have... fully recover from this being a number six. Me neither. Not even top um, 15. Come on. Logan is. We also uh, this is also like Logan uniting the the Roy children against Kendall for the first yeah. like for like one of the first yeah. times. Right. Like, yeah. look what your brother did, basically. Yeah. Um, And and obviously also we have like Kendall's kind of being under the influence and, and how that destructive it can be be and it's just gosh it's when he goes back episode. to yeah. dance with his kids when he goes back and dances oh. with i want isn't it i want to dance with somebody i think that's yeah. what's playing oh. yeah, it is it's one of the like absolute elite scenes of this show to me like it's emblematic and encapsulates the entire emotional journey that this man's gonna go on it's so mm. horrible he's just he's Pagliacci. he's the sad clown man it's, it's terrible uh i mean in that it's so good <sighs> all right well yeah. i didn't like that jess bad i don't like well that. you know what I don't like okay. what's next either. Uh, so. Let me just say, okay, hold on. Three F offs, uh, five Ken dads, the cater waiter died. Uh, so yeah, he did. Uh, and uh, but actually, Kendall is uh, Daddy's favorite. So yeah, we all gave it four. So what a what a blind. It's not our guy. fault. All right, let's talk about episode 15. Yeah, number 15 on our list. We're looking again later in the season. Um, that this episode is in. We're at a location-based episode. I have this episode a bit higher than it falls here. Um, we do get, a, a, this is like a, a cutesy little clue, um, but we do get like the title of a, a famous movie in this episode. Uh, I feel like they shouted it out. Maybe they didn't mean to. Um, uh, on top of that, we have some major screw-ups by a few characters, while one character really shows off that they have what it takes um and I'm sorry, I just confused myself because I said the title of a different episode. <laughs> <We're already talking laughs> yeah, it's like what it takes. <laughs> it's not what it takes. Um, we have another character who I really love making a decision that is just so morally questionable. It's heartbreaking. Um, another character has completely had it enough and is done. Um, and an- and another character is um in a really precarious, precarious position that I feel like would cause some really, really bad PTSD. Oh, so that feels like like Roman is kidnapped. So when's that? Season two. Is this DC? It is is DC. Yes, that's the Roman kidnapping episode. So it's location-based episode. Obviously, it's in DC. Screw-ups by Tom. Screw-ups by, you know, a lot of people here. Uh, He says, Tom says he doesn't, he doesn't know who Greg is. Uh, I can't, (laughs) this is the famous line of you can't have, uh, you can't make a Tomlet without breaking some Gregs. Kendall, however, does a really great job in front of Congress. Yes. Um, Shiv is the one who makes the really 
terribly like morally decision oh, yeah. to like talk a victim off of the idea of like taking a stand basically yep. Yep. Uh, Raya quits she's had enough she can yep. no longer stomach this business uh, Roman is held hostage in Turkey yeah. and the movie that was referenced is Kill Bill we're gonna kill Bill oh, we're gonna kill Bill uh, oh, sure they, they do, don't kill yeah. Bill but no. it was a fun clue in my head so this um, is one that Josh was hoping would wind up on the list in the last batch yeah but um, I, I have this higher I think it has some of my favorite quotes and it's just so in, it's it's hilarious it's amazing I love this episode yeah. I think I would have had this lower on my personal list, but like then looking back at it, it's such an iconic episode. Like all of the testimony in front of Congress is so incredible. The Shiv scene yeah. is like heartbreaking. Ray Jarrell is like the Jiminy Cricket on Shiv's shoulder of like having somebody there who at the beginning of their interaction, like respected this woman looking at her like, you don't have to do this. You know, you don't have to do this. Right. And Shiv says what's fundamentally important and like the guiding light for her for the rest of the show. Like, yes, I do. Like, this is my family's empire i do have to do this and so i don't know it, it's a real standout it's an iconic episode but like it doesn't emotionally resonate with me in the way that like a lot of the others do the the roman being like in the hostage situation is just extraordinary though everything with like frank and carl carl like, having a panic attack that, it's like so good man. <laughs> it just it really does crack me up their pain gives me joy you know it's funny because it's I feel like, you know, Kendall often is in like some sort of emotional danger and obviously like the stuff at the caterer. But it, I feel like the Roman stuff is maybe some of the like most out there the show gets in terms of like putting the character in like what feels like another drama would try to do, which is like a mm -hmm. whole hostage situation. Um, and and yeah, I mean, he comes back and I do, I do like the moment. I think it's in the next episode, right, where he'll come back and be like, yeah, I don't think you should do That's that. That's the deal. next episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like this is I think that the I think we're probably Josh is covering a little bit. This is another example where this episode and the next episode are so closely tied together in a way that sometimes I will like think of stuff that happens in DC because of it's called DC, but that's not actually, it actually was it's in the, like, it, if it is to be said, so it be, so it yeah. is, that's actually season two, episode 10. Right. And, then, episode. and yeah. then I actually think like from this episode, like I, the Roman stuff is not particularly strong. What I think is particularly strong about it is when he comes back and he gets on the boat mm -hmm. with his father. So I feel like it, in terms of, um, so we, we have lost, we lost nine and 10 from season one, but I do feel, and I, that, that is also, but, but anyway, I feel it's like devastating. It's fine. Yeah. I feel like for me, this is the weakest penultimate episode. I think Ooh, in my oh. opinion. Yeah. Oh, because it just blends too much with the next one. I think. Yeah. But, <sighs> I don't yeah. know if I agree with, I have to think well, about that. That hurts my yeah. heart a little bit. I have to look at my own rankings, but I, I I, the Greg thing is is funny. That stuff is very funny. It's very good. You know me, like when if it hits my funny bone in the right way, I'm pr I'm gonna rank it pretty high. Like yeah. I I really appreciate the comedy because the show can be so bleak. I like look for those moments of comedy to bring like to like lift me up to a bit of levity. Uh, so I. Mm. I, I, I do see Yes. I'm here for the pain. I don't care about the happy laughter <laughs> whatsoever. I'm, right, I'm so speaking to the two people who cover dark. So yeah, you know. <laughs> really. And so I think that uh, I'm like that's why I'm like a little bit lower on it. I do think it's a really important moment. I mean, it comes so quick on the heels of this episode, but it's a clear foreshadowing that Logan will burn Kendall to the ground, right? Yeah. As they're like sitting in front of this like yeah. this this Senate trial or whatever, and he's like, I don't know, my son was over that, right? This is the like Kendall should see it coming before it hits him um yeah. like yeah. you know foreshadowing that i really love but yeah i feel you just it is very funny in retrospect yeah. you know all right yeah. three f-offs one ken dad ray is dead she leaves and shiv is the favorite 
Yeah. I mean, you talk about this episode being funny. It does have one of the most awful, gut wrenching, sad scenes, which is Shiv. You know, uh, that's why they need a tomlet, Grace. Yeah, yeah. Father going to talk. Talking a woman out of uh, uh, stating her allegations yeah. on the record. So. Also, I think it's very interesting at this point that while seasons two, three, and four all have four episodes on the board, yeah. season one just has two. But we're, it's like, again, it goes to show you how consistently excellent this show is yep. that the only season that is like falling slightly short of this, of like, of having four is season one, which kind of sets mm-hmm. everything up. Yeah, it's a, I, yeah, I just want to before we move on uh, to give mad props to underrated legend Bill, who really has like figured out how to like maneuver within <laughs> yeah. the constraints of this family. Yeah, like, Bill's John, a big winner, maybe. Plastically, you go back to the whole like I've got this air gap computer. I'm going to print out a notepad and entity. And Tom's like, mm-hmm. dude, I think you're a little carried away, but I love like the appearance of him at the court of like, oh yeah, just wanted the team. You know, I got my diary. Like, fantastic underrated yeah. moment. All right, 14, Jess. Yeah, we're looking late in the season yet again. Another little bit of a pattern here. Um, we have someone has found out what they've been doing, as pointed out in this episode. We have the introduction of a new character, which, you know, uh, I, I felt like he was a little bit of an MVP for this episode. Um, a, a huge, huge uh, kind of ending for this episode. Um, we have a bit of a faux pas that leads to an injury, um, which is attempted to be rectified and simply made worse. Um, and uh, gosh, oh, uh, a bit of a meltdown um, about technology in this episode as well. Um, what else can I say? Oh, about- it's America Decides. It is America Decides. I don't want to give it away oh, by being like, oh, it's an important decision. Was, as I was thinking of the new character, uh, yeah, the wasabi came like crashing oh, back. Oh, into decision Death Darwin. <laughs> oh, season four, episode eight, America yeah. Decides. Yeah, Darwin, baby. Yeah. yeah, I love Darwin. Decision Death Darwin is an MVP in that episode. Absolutely oh, loved him. Did I nail my... That's it, right? You nailed your episode? prediction. Every oh, political episode is off the board it. in this. It's movie. all the dark podcasting, Grace. I get the season one finale. Yeah, get, get the, the politics. We saw it coming. Uh, we've done this before. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little also, bit of America Decides, Jess. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the episode where they're choosing the next president. Obviously, Shiv is found out to be colluding with Matson in a really just fascinating scene where Kendall um, first calls Nate to oh, confirm yeah. that she never spoke with him, and then has a conversation with good old Greg the Egg, who snitched on Shiv. Uh, there's a meltdown about the touchscreen. Oh my gosh, the touchscreen. Uh, of course, Decision Desk Darwin gets wasabi in his eyes. Greg attempts to, to pour some lemon lacroix, as he says it, uh, in Darwin's eyes. It's only a little lemony. Uh, and of course, by the end, uh, Roman gets his way and Minkin is announced to be president. Whether or not he actually becomes president, we still don't know. Um, but he is announced by um, ATN to have become president. Interesting. Another one that I think that people walked away from it feeling like that wasn't fun to watch. I spent my Sunday night just watching the 2016 and the, you know, the January 6th, basically, like all how that all happened. Um, but it's, it's really high up here. This is 14. I think it is good. Again, I do. I think for me, where it really shines is there's two two things in this episode. One is all of the Kendall Roman um, Shiv stuff is is really good. It's it, and it and it 
builds as it's going in a way that is really masterful, like the seasons do. So Roman feeling super confident, thinking he's got Mankin, like he's going to do this for Mankin. Kendall not being sure, wavering, sort of unloading to Shiv before he then finds out that she has been betrayed, like sort of talking behind his back. The whole scene where he walks through the hall to go talk to Greg, she threatens to cut, like, you know, to kill Greg. And he's like, well, what do I get? And when he doesn't get anything, he, he gives the information to um uh to kendall it's all perfectly done i think it's it's so well done when kendall comes back in and he's being a hypocrite but he's like i don't care and the points like before when he's like like shiv said or uh tom says she's being a little crazy or or hysterical and kendall shuts him up and then later when like they're just mad at shiv they don't say anything the other piece that i think is really really good from this episode is the tom and shiv stuff it's excruciating when she tells him he she's pregnant and he says is this a, is this a trick is this a game is this a, a, a move because they all friggin do moves all the time and so the fact that he thinks that uh her she's, she's saying she's pregnant is a move is is just so excruciatingly sad what a what a sad reflection on their relationship and these people it's really good really tragic i mean for as much as i talked about the uh, political episodes i think having like real importance and clarity here i think that the character stuff in this episode is fantastic but the plot is a little bit like okay uh like we're just going through this like whole election thing right the comedy is fantastic uh the introduction of like darwin is great all the like franticness of like tom's energy after we know that like he hasn't been able to sleep but the like emotional resonance between the siblings uh it's really like emblematic again of their stories right like to me so much of kendall's issue here is going back to like all the bells say in his conversation with logan of like i'm better than you i'm a better man than you right this like way that he identifies this is part of like again the way that kendall finds this external validation uh by like being the more progressive the more like left-leaning of like the children or whatever he he gets this like outward feedback from that that's so important to his sense of worth and his identity and his sense of self like if i I'm going to be rejected by my father. Let me at least be applauded by the rest of the world for like opposing him. And this is the point where like, he really just puts the last nail in the coffin of his morality. Right. And to me, it shows how um, completely Kendall is willing to subsume that version of himself that he idealized once there was like a version of that seven year old boy in the candy shop that imagined growing up from that point, I can do a better job. I can take what my father has made and like be a better, more responsible, steward for it and it's in this moment he realizes like amidst the petty like kind of power struggle between his brother because he'll admit it later i think it's outside of this episode but like part of the resistance is like i don't want to give roman his guy this is roman's guy not my guy it's not even about the issue of fascism right or about like the political implications he doesn't want to let his brother get the power in this moment and it's so emblematic of kendall's story and the fact that like he does this only to lose it all is really important that said as an episode, I definitely would have put it at like uh, 19 today at the bottom of the list. Like I think all the other ones we talked about, I enjoy more maybe. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, I feel like I'm just going to repeat myself when I talk about all the political episodes, <laughs> when I just say like, it, it really, <laughs> I think I we got them on one ep, Jess. This is I know. Yeah, I, I, it was so triggering to watch yeah. this episode and it just yeah. wasn't as like enjoyable. Again, the wasabi in the eye stuff like really did crack me up. The touch screen stuff made me laugh. It was just some of it was just gut wrenching and 
awful to watch, right? Like, let's not forget the episode before this, we were all like, oh my gosh, poor Roman. Oh my gosh, he's talking at her heartstrings. And yeah. the next moment, he's just like so supremely awful, which is a huge credit to the show and the writing and the acting, right? To like make mm -hmm. us feel those things. Yeah. But like, it's also very uncomfortable to feel those things. And again, me not really jiving with the political episodes all that much. I was the lowest by far on this episode. Um, and I certainly have it much lower on my own personal rankings uh, than where it appears here. But uh, yeah, not not my favorite, but certainly important and integral to the show. There's yeah. so much like cognitive dissonance and processing succession. I've talked to you about this offline, Grace, but like Roman's a sociopath, you know, and like we love him, but he's a sociopath. This is like a fundamentally horrible person. Everything you need to know about Roman, you get in the first episode of the premiere, right? And like, yeah. it doesn't change, you know? Um, so I feel you, Jess. I feel it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, it's, I don't know. I think out of actually all of the, I'm just looking back. Yeah, I think out of all of the of the three political episodes, one where, where politics is the main point of the episode, sort of what it takes DC America decides. I do think I would have this one the highest of the three because I think that it centers the kids and their conflict, you know, mm. in a way that's stronger than the than the other one. I mean, the big piece that you're missing is like <clears throat> you don't get Logan in this one, whereas Logan is so instrumental in um in DC obviously and what it takes but i i do think this is probably the strongest political episode for me but i am also canadian so uh you know <laughs> it was not as triggering for me so yeah all right let's chat unlucky number 13 who's going to sit in this spot just give us some clues we're about midway through the season on this one um i'm also a little bit upset this one i, I feel like i'm just going to get I, i'm a little upset this one yeah. felt this love as well yeah. um we do have um we do have let's see a, a mention of a <laughs> a specific restaurant uh we have two two actually two restaurants are featured in this uh episode like uh, chains i mean are featured mm -hmm. in this episode um we have a threat uh of one character we also have like questionable eating in this episode and a super 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 important moment that will like ricochets will be heard throughout the rest of the show um as well as um there <laughs> oh gosh this one there's also uh I, I feel like we always talk about nicholas Bertel and his score of the okay. show um Ooh, rich has a hot take about nicholas Bertel, so we'll chat about that oh my, in this okay, one okay i can't wait yeah. to hear that um mm -hmm. but this episode features actually music not by nicholas Bertel, which i feel like is uncommon for the show oh. so worth mentioning um, I'll keep is this going. Is that episode of The Office where Kevin spills the beans? <laughs> it isn't. No, but did you know there was styrofoam in the bottom of that pot? Um, uh, also, the, it's the beginning of Shiv's, uh, I would say, professional relationship with a specific character. Um, oh, is this Living Plus? Living Plus already got yeah, Sorry, no, it's not yeah. Living Plus. Yep. Um, uh, let's continue. Grace, specifically when we talked about this episode, when we covered it, you could not believe this was actually a thing that people did. Uh, oh, okay. So this place. is where they eat. So that when uh, Tom and Greg eat the bird, which is in season one, episode so it's is this? Uh, it's which side are you on? The board vote? Yeah. It falls Whoa! at 13. Wow. I, I thought it was impossible. I was like blocking I'm all I'm devastated. 
No, I am personally devastated. I love this episode. Um, Yeah, the vote of no confidence, eating the baby bird under the napkin. Uh, The two restaurants I I was talking about is Greg's love of California Pizza Kitchen. And uh, Kendall and Logan share some McDonald's together. They sure do. Um, And, of course, the threat is, you better be sniffing your armpit, Romulus. Um, Shiv also goes to meet Gil in DC to see if they're going to be a fit together as she's looking to kind of steer away from the political candidate she's been working for thus far. Uh, after that candidate's husband reveals a specific intimate part of their body um, on the internet. Um, yeah, unbelievable that this episode fell this low. I will say, Grace, you and I and our guest on that episode gave this episode a four. So really the people to blame are Josh and the audience. Oh, I hate those two. Me too. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just How kidding. Dare just kidding. You. Josh Aronson, you meant, right? Josh Aronson rated this one low. No, um, Josh Wiggler, who I will call uh, out. Wow. Well, brutal. This to me is I remember watching this episode. I don't think live. I think I was binging season one. And this for me, I, I was liking it so far. This to me was, I, I think for me, the reason why I, I think this is so good is that this basically is the finale. Another show, this is the finale. This is the se- the season finale. Mm-hmm. And yep. this is not what the show does. This is a this this changes the landscape of the show so quickly that yes, Logan doesn't think Kendall could do it, but you think that this is a show, again, that this might be this is the hero's journey of Kendall. Um, if we want to talk about like um I'll um, switch. Uh, I, I'm not using the one I normally use, Rich. I'll use uh, Bilbo Baggins. Now that you've taught me, yeah, uh, this is the, this is the Baggins, Bil- which is like the hero's journey. You you leave your normal place of comfort, which for Kendall is like he's the successor. Now he's not the successor, but what's he gonna do instead? And the show is like, yeah, no, that's not the show. And it's so good. It fills me with so much anxiety. He goes to try to Long Island to try to shit. And he gets the vote that he needs, but then he flies back. Logan refusing to leave the room and saying F off to anybody who's trying, you know, you better be uh, smelling your armpit Romulus. Just the whole thing. This is very much maybe the first like, wow, Frank is awesome moment too. Um, <laughs> the big Frank stand as he's like trying to be he's like, I think Logan should leave, but also <laughs> not having him leave. Um, I love this episode. This would probably be in my top five uh so i am pretty sad to see it at 13 although i will admit 13 is very good uh it's very high up this is an extraordinary episode of the show i think it's like a fundamental fulcrum episode that sets the stage in terms of the the show telling us what it is grace this is the show telling us what it is right Uh, i really resonate with everything you're talking about like a lesser show would close out a season on this beat um i love it the like the frank moment is tremendous but all of that being said there's so much other good succession i think this is probably perfectly appropriately ranked right Um, i'm probably overreacting it's probably no we're not should be okay good i'm I'm, yeah (laughs) top five Episode, I baby. do think, well, I, I would say it's top 10 for me. I don't know that it's top five, but I would probably put it in my top 10. As I'm thinking about the stuff that has not been flagged yet, there's just so many good ones that have like incredible emotional moments. But the the um desperation of this, right? I'm a professional dungeon master. I try to create a sense of immersion for people where I run a DD game and they feel like they're experiencing the same things as these characters. This was the first episode of Succession that I started like sweating while I was watching it. That frantic, yeah. like fingernails ripping off your hands as you desperately cling to the edge energy that Kendall has 
trying to make it back into the boardroom is palpable, right? It makes my hair stand up. I feel like desperate and thirsty and gross while I'm watching it. Like I just so badly want him to get back into that boardroom in time and he can't and he won't. And like, it's such a mess. And Frank, like kind of like just flailing against Logan, like you shouldn't be here. You have to leave. Like the, uh, just indomitable force of will that is Logan Roy commanding that room in the moment. Uh, it's really resonant to me. That's what stands out. But I think it's probably about right, right here. 13. I'm okay with it. I'm not okay with it. <sighs> it's just, it's sad because uh, it's such a like, yeah. I mean, all again, all of season one is magnificent. I do think like the two, the two to three, oh God, so many good episodes, but like, Season one, episode six stands out as like the, in my opinion, if I was telling someone to watch Succession and they got to this point and they were not into it, I'd be like, yeah. okay, you got to get up up because this yeah, is this like is the show. This is the show. Mm-hmm. This is the episode. Yeah. So it yeah, be a little shiv light, I guess maybe, but uh, yeah, she right. goes to DC, and I mean, who cares about the Gill and the Nate and blah, yeah. but like all whatever. Right. Two F offs, four Ken dads. Half the board is dead by the end of it as Logan decides <laughs> to call the board and fire them. And you and his daddy's favorite because he votes for Logan. Uh, this guy who's like is always like, I hate my brother, but I will vote for him every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. All right. Um, sad. I'm sad. I'm sad. Uh, yeah. uh, yeah. Okay. Let's move on to episode 12. I'm just going to be sad forever, I think, at the rest yeah. of this. <laughs> um, okay. Episode 12. Uh, rank, num- rank number 12 here. Another late season episode. Um, we have, gosh, importance of there's there's some important food in this episode. Um, we have like decisions being made and then minds being changed. We have a little bit of traveling done in this episode. Um, some big heel turns, I would say. Um, I think this episode is a bit controversial and which is why i think it landed here in terms of whether or not people really loved it or not um i'm trying to be too vague now okay so uh a little bit of travel rules out for me dundee that rules out uh late in the season i don't think it's church and state or or the finale season four Gianta Shire, they 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 also traveled there, so I don't Gianta think Shire is like full on location based. Would you yeah, say? I mean, this is not late. There's retired janitors of Hido, which I'm a little bit surprised has not come up yet. Um, yeah, that's mid season. I feel like retired janitors, janitors of Idaho is a top 10. Uh, I'm in like such a tough spot here. Is it prenuptial? Jess, already is been on it the is list. Not, it is, of course, yeah. it is. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm like, that's okay. Uh, I'm bad at lists. Gosh, uh, it's not us. No, it's not Austerlitz. That's there's also some like physical altercations happening in this episode. No, that's really um, there's a um, too much birthday. No, it's not too much birthday. It can't be right. There is also um, a bit of uh, animal imagery. Gosh, trying to be vague is so hard. I said every episode, I'm not a subtle human being. Um, would you like me to reveal? Yes, I think it's gonna be a shock. I'm gonna rip yeah, off the audience is all yelling at us. They are. I'm sorry, audience. Uh, it's the finale, the series finale. What? Really? Whoa. Like Whoa. the audience really doomed us on this one. Whoa. I would have just never guessed that a little bit of travel. You had to go to Barbados. A little bit of travel. I had to go to Barbados. Mm. Shiv is the one who makes the heel turn on Kendall. She promises to write uh, the scorpion was kind of the I, animal. I just in need between. to stop thinking that it's not certain episodes. I'm too much like locked. Yeah, you're like, well, it's definitely 
finally got the finale and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> um, yeah. of course the, the important food is P- Peter's he cheese. Cheese. Peter's yeah, cheese okay. and the knob the knobbies. Okay, so very important. Let's talk about this one because we all gave it fours. Fours, fours, fours across so the board. This has to be the audience. The audience gave it a three point and so I do know that this is one that there are lots of people who do feel like uh, who are in Rob's camp of it wasn't quite perfect. It was good. It wasn't quite perfect. For an episode that is an hour and 20 minutes, it's a little too slow. It presumes some things that um, perhaps people would have liked to have been spelled out. I come to the defense of it. I think that if you, you know, going back, like Shiv's heel turn is one that I think people think it's really quick. I think if you look back at season four, that's what they're trying to do. And I, I, I can say that like, that's fine if you don't think it's effective. Um, but I think it's, I think the groundwork is laid that Shiv is always left out. And so when she decides to not support Kendall, I think that makes sense. But I do, th- I think Tom being on the top at the end is also something that people has, has not entirely sat well. And, and kind of the idea that like, he's not even at the tippy top, like he's still under Matson and, and Matson having, Maybe one of the biggest, like he, uh, Amanda basically said, he's Logan. And I think that's really right when you look at like how actually kind of like evil he is and the fact that he gets away pretty, you know, freely and cleanly by the end of it. I like this episode a lot. I think it's, I think that they do land the plane and not that people don't think they do because it's at 12. So I think that, the, but I can see where people are. There definitely was that uh, division of people being like, I don't think I liked it. I think Amanda came into the, deep dive being like i don't know if i like it yet um specifically kendall's lack of finality i think is the other thing that i think people are not loving from the end i think i just have one thing to say about this placement and it's f off to everybody <laughs> who did not vote for this thing to be higher you guys are crazy man tv shows are so hard to end i don't know if anybody else is watching game of thrones in real time but like there's a deeply unsatisfying journey of seven years right we all stopped this, watching that we knew it was going to be bad, so yeah, that's bad. You guys, again yeah. the dark coming in handy grace right. uh, this is an exceptional and an extraordinary episode of television it is not emotionally satisfying which it should not be i'm not gonna yeah. like here and presume to tell anybody how they should feel about this i think rob had like some really he was really great at describing why it was unsatisfying to him i've spent a lot of time in the interim since the end of succession talking with the one and only bb president i'm going to call him out now he had similar yeah. feelings we have debated vociferously about the they had the session but i think that emotionally this episode does everything it needs to do i think that this is just like uh, a tremendous kind of like magnum opus to the show i'm using that term in correctly but deal with it if if this episode is not as good as it is i think that like the show is not like as iconic as it is and it won't hold its place like the leaving kendall roy in the moment where we leave him is like correct it's all like so painful and excruciating and difficult and i appreciate people pushing back against that but i just find it to be like the most emotionally satisfying closure that we could have expected from a show like this uh, i don't want to like spoil the ending but a long time ago in this galaxy right here i watched the sopranos in real time when it aired back in the day the ending of the sopranos is an incredible controversial ending i'll say no more about it save that this was like an epic water cooler moment in television in the early 2000s people were furious at the way the show ended and i was one of those people and as a more like discerning television viewer many years out from that i look back at it as like a brilliant work and i think that this 
has the same kind of like emotional impact as the ending of The Sopranos, where it's deeply frustrating. It's very challenging to a viewer that's like really invested in the characters and in the story, but it's emotionally resonant. And I think the longer you sit with it, the more it's appropriate for what succession is. This is a, dare I say, perfect ending to a very good TV show. Yeah. And I'm floored that it's this low. Yeah, I'm going to try not to get on the soapbox. <laughs> like, do my best. But I could have, I couldn't have been happier with the finale. I felt like it did everything I needed it to. And not only that, but I felt like truly blessed that 30 minutes of the finale was spent with the 3B, like getting along, that we got so much of the siblings. And it was Preach, like, like I like to, I like to call it like a vibes moment, right? Like 30 minutes of straight vibes in a succession finale. I was not expecting it. I didn't think we'd get that. And I was so, so pleased to see it happen. On top of that, I feel like this finale works so much more on a rewatch because the the monsters, right? We talk about mm -hmm. terrible that the, the season premiere. Um, Just Logan, the name of the episode. The name, sorry, the name is terrible, not the episode. Um, when we see Logan walking through Battery Park or whatever, I don't know if it's Battery Park, but I'm not a New York City person, is. but I think yeah. it's Battery Park. He's walking through alone with Colin walking like 10 steps behind him, right? He is all alone on his birthday. He has this really, really important conversation with Colin about mortality, about the afterlife, about what it is like to be alone and to be above other people. And we see Kendall at the end of the series sitting in Battery Park, having a lonesome walk with Colin behind him alone. He is Logan Roy, but without the bells and whistles, without the company to back him up, without the love of his, you know, he has a really contentious relationship now with his kids. Like all of these things, it's full circle. And I just don't see, I know people are upset that Kendall didn't end up at the top, that's not the show, you know. Oh, some people are looking... also upset that Kendall didn't die. So I, I am mean, a little he bit. Did. I'll be like, honest with his you. His soul I, died that day. Like, do you think that he's just gonna pick up his? What is it? Put on his bootstraps? Pick him up, self up by his bootstraps, and continue on? I, the I next think day? it. I think it was the reverse. Like I think I've said this. I would have preferred him sitting on the the thing. And then walking up as opposed to walking up to the edge of the fence and then going and, and sitting then going down. To sit down. And, and so the end being guess, like much more but... like inconclusive. I feel like this like almost like I know he has said Jeremy uh, um, Jeremy Strong has said that he thinks yep. that Kendall dies that day. But I don't think that's what Jesse Armstrong gets us. Well, I think Jesse I'm... Armstrong is a TV maker who wants to like leave a little bit of a more open-ended ending in case he ever does want to return to the characters. Right. If we're looking at this with like a very, very, very um, like cynical worldview of like he wants to be able to return I'm this. Gonna that's what he did that's like, what he wrote that's artsy what he wrote. fartsy optimistic outpoint that i just think like the ambiguity is a more powerful ending it allows us to have a really compelling conversation about our own read on it at the end you know and to the point that you said earlier grace like a lesser show does not give us uh, some of this stuff right and and like to just like uh, what you're talking about Jess like the whole beat in Barbados like a, a lesser show does not give us that part right it's the yeah, entire it's the rest of this running. episode it, without yeah. that like emotional centering without that like optimistic hopeful rise in the middle right and that is so tremendous because again I think it's just emblematic of like the entirety of the story um, encapsulated within this one episode I mean for all you know I think that Succession is like a really accessible show for 
for so many people. So many people love it. But Jesse Armstrong is like a pretentious writer, right? As we're tying in these finales to this John Barryman poem. And I think when you look at it through that lens, this resonates to the energy of that Barryman poem so well. Yeah. And it leaves you so unsettled and unhappy and unsatisfied. And I think that's supposed to be the emotional place we're in. So Yeah, we're I, supposed to feel like everyone's miserable at the end of the day because this is a tragedy. Like, yeah. don't get it confused. Don't get it twisted. There are funny moments, but it's a tragedy. And mm -hmm. I, I loved the finale. I couldn't, it's truly like one of my top five finales of any show ever. Like, I just felt like I couldn't have been happier by the, not happy in the, the light, funny mood, but happy with like satisfied with the conclusion of the show. So uh, to me, this yeah. falls like way short of where I would put it. Yeah. Um, but respectfully, I just disagree with some of the takes people had on, on how they felt about it. And I'll confess that, um, on further thought, I'm actually really happy that it ended up here. Cause I got to talk about it. So all right. Uh, with, uh, right before we get to 11, uh, one season, one episode left four episode two, uh, sorry, so I'm, I'm confusing myself Four season, two episodes four season three episodes and just two season four episodes so uh yeah it'll be interesting to see what we get just give us some clues for the final episode of the podcast final the episode yeah final episode of the podcast we are back to being in the middle of a season um we have uh i really like this episode i actually think i would have it a little bit higher here but i think that's probably uh you know not the common take um we have shiv rising to the top getting the job done uh logan uh oh, is, i know what is it is it safe for him it is not safe for him okay she sorry. doesn't get the job done i think and i way. guess she does yeah. yeah i just thought because jess had her tired uh we, <laughs> <laughs> uh we have tom um uh, making a proposition to shiv uh we find out interesting news about the raisin um uh we is this have retired janitors of idaho this Gotta retired be. janitors of idaho yes uh, for those of you that don't remember, this is the big vote, the big board vote. Everyone is scrambling. Poor Logan has a UTI, forgets to take his medication, and therefore turns piss mad. Uh, he starts imagining cats underneath his chair. He ends up asking Tom to take him to the bathroom many, many times and calls him son. Um, uh, the We have the Sandy and Sandy of it all and them trying to take away the PJs. First they take our PJs and then they take something else. Uh, Shiv is the one who ultimately makes the deal with Sandy with an I uh, for a board seat in exchange for their vote. Um, and Tom wants to impregnate Shiv so that she has company while he's in jail. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, we yeah. also find out Greg's going to sue Greenpeace. So. This fine. is a fantastic episode. I love it so much. Just the, again, I think that um for as like theatrical and over the top and dramatic and to the Shakespeare of it all, the show is so like big and gigantic, but this is such a real human moment, right? The like frailty and the fragility of like human existence. This is a thing I'm a little bit fixated on in my like dark cryptic brain. Uh, but the idea that like, really, we're all just walking on like the razor's edge at any given moment, the tiniest of like changes within our body, within our external environments can like completely take us off the board and the kind of like faux reverence to a delusional piss mad Logan Roy like everybody's kind of like deferring to him and, and just the lack of clarity right and the way that we place power and conviction into individuals that we entrust with that right like uh, to the Tom but I never saw Logan get effed right and everybody's just like no Roman in that episode he knows what he's doing he's a badass he's being a badass right and like no man he's completely lost his mind he's off his 
his meds. He's delirious. And there's no way externally for us to like really confirm that. Right. You, this is such about like your understanding of a person and your read of a situation. It's a, it's a bad insight role by everybody in the party right here. And I just love it. I think it makes for like a tremendous beat. That said, it should definitely be lower than uh, with the open eyes. Hmm. I so I'm I was looking at what I gave this one because I I kept thinking that this would be way lower than it would be. I, I gave it a pretty high score. I think I gave it a three point eight five, which I I don't know. Maybe I just haven't watched in a while. I I I think I like some of the ideas of this episode. Um, there's two big things that I really like, which is what do you do when Logan isn't around? We've kind of get that um, in uh, that's kind of like show at the f factory a little bit of like okay everybody but but different because he's still around his influence i feel like it, it it makes sense later here as they sort of figure out like there's a world where like logan dies at the end of season one which they changed their mind on where this is like logan is around but he's not around right uh in this moment and nobody knows yeah. what to do because he's such a powerful influence. and they also it's not the same as like we could wake up from the coma it's like oh he'll probably be fine he's just like out of his mind right now and they can't tell I, when it started either, which is right. the other troubling thing of like, well, when did he start making decisions that were right. like influenced by him being piss mad versus right. he's just being a big bully? Right. So I like the idea of it. And I also really like the scene where uh, him and Tom are like Tom is helping him and Logan mm -hmm. calls him son. Um, I really, really like that because when you look back at the whole show, like that's the thing that I think like Tom in this moment, like it's, I think it, it mostly... Um, yeah, here where he's like agreeing to go to jail, right? Um, is is sort of um, I don't know. I like that that like Shiv is like he's losing respect for Shiv and realizing like oh well maybe I can get the respect of her father. Um, I like that stuff. I don't think it for me it's not as well executed as I think that the, the concept of the episode is. I would rank this one like way lower, like way See, way I, lower. I, I in the really... bathroom saying like okay, Papa. Pa, papa, this is like yeah. one of the like fun. Yeah, it's so funny. I have this slightly lower, but still within this same chunk of episodes. Um, I I think it's so funny. I love I love seeing Logan just like out of his mind and everyone and everyone panicking. Mm -hmm. I think some something I've discovered that I really love about a succession episode when there's a panic and there's like tense atmosphere, mm -hmm. I'm all in. And we have this vote and everyone's panicking and and Kendall's running in the room like what are you all doing you're tanking this deal it's such a good deal um it's just it's so it's so well done and i i mean i think the other thing that i really like about this episode i really love when shiv gets a win and she does get she's the one who salvages this yes. despite the Cheech. fact that logan can't admit to it right even at the end of the episode she wants to do a cheers and he's like get out of my face um i i oh, love yeah. seeing shiv get a win um, so I, I really love this episode. I actually, I think it's like probably a little bit too high here, but I would still have it in the same, the same I think chunk just, of episodes. I think one of the other things, sorry, Rich, the other thing I think is, I think it's the weakest middle section of a season in terms of this is, a, this is kind of the, the mid climax in the way that mm -hmm. we normally, which I don't think we get it in season four because we get Logan's death in episode three instead of like a mid, so that season is, 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 is different. But this one, I feel like this is the thing that is actually been here since basically the start of season two which is like the bear hug and it's kind of just like happens it kind of just like and i know that's something that people also yeah people like. I mean, were unsatisfied with i mean that, i mean but... it's the 11th best episode of the show so i mean yeah really good but yeah 
Um, I think like just to like go back to the actual whole like series finale, right? And the satisfaction of Tom as a win. It may be like a rewatch energy thing, Jess, but I think when you go back and rewatch the entirety of the series, the story of like Tom very successfully maneuvering through this and like very obviously being the guy to end up, despite how like ridiculous it really is at the end, it really tracks and it resonates. Mm-hmm. And I think that like along the way, there's there are all these like kind of instrumental moments for Tom where you see him like internally making a decision that's gonna inform everything that goes forward from that point and this be of like the kind of ostracization him pulling away from shiv uh stepping in underneath like logan's wing in this way realizing that like there is a humanity and a fragility to logan roy that not everybody like understands or even is willing to acknowledge but if you are within this inner circle like it is penetratable you can get inside that kind of like umbrella of protection and and it resonates for me as like a really important moment in the journey of Tom, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, no F-offs for Ken Dad. The cat under the chair is dead and Roman is daddy's favorite. And this says goodbye to all episode fives of the show. So we get one, twos, and fives off the board, which is very interesting. I actually, do, I think my, t- is it typically like six is actually the like midpoint thing that they, they do. So it's not, you think it might be five, but it's, I guess here it is five. Like here it is, is more five. Yeah, six is, what, six it is what it takes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, this this episode. We took two season ones, two season twos, three season threes, and three season fours off the board. So pretty oh. even spread, I will say. Yeah, it's um, a good spread. Yeah. So which means remaining, we have one season one episode, one lonely little Austerlitz left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, four season twos, which again my fave season. So happy to see it so well represented in the top ten. Uh, three season threes and two season fours. So very interesting uh, spread we have left, but um, I think my big shock is season four, not getting more love. I thought the recency bias would be a bit higher, but I guess that that track season two is beloved. Um, Yeah, it tracks. This was really interesting. It's pretty equal other than season one, kind of. I feel like it's pretty, when you look at it, between like even. two, three, and four, it's pretty, like, yeah, it's not that much of a difference. And, and and you know, easily a bunch of the, you know, there's four season two episodes. They could all get taken off. I think they could be like 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. So, um, Rich, thanks for coming on and, and counting down 20 through 11. Gosh, thanks so much for inviting me. Uh, dare I say, before I depart, uh, my final thoughts on Succession, my Nicholas Patel hot take. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nicholas Patel scored Andor, which I think was probably the best uh, season of television that we got last year. It was, like, extraordinary. But I think Nicholas Patel is to Succession what John Williams is to Star Wars. And what I mean by that is that I think that this is an extraordinarily well-written show. It's got an incredible ensemble. It's performed very well. The actors are all excellent. But Nicholas Patel's score elevates this show by, like, orders of magnitude greater than it would be otherwise. I think that without the John Williams soundtrack and Star Wars, those movies are not the icon, the like cultural worldwide touchstone that they have become. That score is so profoundly important to elevate the material to like a whole just tier above what it might have been otherwise. And I think that the work that Nicholas Patel does on this show, while like certainly he has gotten his flowers and is very well la- lauded, I think it's still even like underrated in terms of how 
extraordinarily this guy weaves uh, contemporary music with classical to like make these scenes so much more powerful, kinetic, resonant, emotional than they even would be otherwise. I think that he is making everybody else involved with this project look really good. Um, that's my Nicholas Bertel hot take. Adam H., who is a uh, piano man Adam, as we like to, to call him, uh, or P in the chat, he says, this score will be studied for decades to come at effective mm-hmm. storytelling and scoring. It's such a masterclass in how music influences how we view media and the world around us, which I would agree. Nicholas yeah. Bertel, to me, is like a game changer. You know, I mean, there yeah. are like great like musical composers doing scores everywhere. You got your John Williams, your Hans Zimmers, but this guy is like a name to watch it. Like everything he touches seems to be like just incredible. And on the rewatch, especially Jess, I just was so taken with how yeah. uh, important the music was to the emotional journey. Yeah, especially well, because yeah. sometimes my rewatches will happen like I'm working. And so I'm not like exactly like always watching the screen when, but I, you're always hearing that score. And I think it just impacts you that much harder. I'm so happy you said that because when you said you had a Nicholas Portell hot take, I was like, if he says you he got does worried, it, I'm right? going to die. I will actually die. Right? There was some people in the chat the other day take. being like the Yellow Jackets theme is better than the Succession theme. And I had to like turn off my computer. I, like, I, I love the Yellow Jackets theme, but the Succession theme is the best theme song that's been on television you, the last like 25 years. You should also okay. like whatever you like. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm just. You but you should also should. like what I like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nicholas Bertel is a guy that I would be like, oh, what's he doing next? Which uh, he did exactly. season one of Winning Time. I think he's doing season two. Oh, interesting. Summer, which should be fun. And or season two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's recap the t- uh, 20 to 11 today. I keep thinking that's a time, but uh, we're nowhere near that time. 20, it's 20 to 11. Uh, all right. Turnhaven at number 20. Honeymoon States at number 19. 18 is what it takes. So picking a president. 17. Mass in time of war, go order your donuts. 16, nobody is ever missing except for the cater waiter. 15 is DC. Uh-huh. 14, America decides, making is actually named the president. 13, which side are you on the boardroom battle? 12 with open eyes, the series finale of the show. And 11, retired janitors of Idaho. Logan is piss mad. All right, that's 22. I know that's like heartbreaking to read out, but it's okay because all of oh, the yes. top 10 are good too so it's fine it'll be fine uh we'll talk yeah, about to, it to give you all, and productive to give you all an idea too of like yeah, what what close. decimal points we're yeah. even looking at yeah. uh episode 20 had a score of 3.50 while episode 11 had a 3.913 <laughs> so like it's so close you know well, we didn't have it's ties today is that true? no yeah. i i thought we were gonna have a tie but i was looking at i looked one okay. we're gonna have two ties next week to deal wow. with wow two ties in the well, top we'll, 10 so Figure them out. Uh, in the meantime, also up to pushrecaps.com slash succession for all our succession content. The Battle Royale, we're going to be doing the best of the rest. Actually, is very fun. We have recorded it so already. Fun. It was very fun. It got very silly. We did superlatives, which then led to two people who got superlatives uh, in a physical fight. So we give a superlative <laughs> yes. to Carolyn, and then we give one to Hugo, and then we see which one of them would win in a physical fight. It's very fun. It's very silly. We, we put together quite the... Roy Solmania card. Why didn't I come up with that before? WrestleMania, but Roy with the Roy. I, I mean, right? I that's on you, Grace. I'm Roy sorry. I don't, I don't know. Roy Solmania. Yeah, Roy Solmania. <laughs> uh, and then uh, speaking of fighting versus pod with uh, Josh and LT as they pit series finales with the series finale of Succession. Uh, in the meantime, Rich, what else you got going on and where can people find you? 
all kinds of stuff. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at DM Philly. My DMs are open if you want to complain to me about my succession takes. Uh, I'm talking about From with Josh Wiggler every week. I'm talking about Dark with you. We're getting ready to ramp up for some Star Wars coverage. Ahsoka coming at the end of the month in August. Mike Bloom, Brendan, myself are getting together to talk about that a bit. Uh, yeah, uh, go hit me up on Twitter. You keep up with everything I'm doing. Yes, what about you? Um, I am here just talking about succession always um and then also i can announce this now uh sarah and i are going to be covering and just like that season two is coming out we covered season one is it the best show no but if you have just like nostalgia in your heart for sex in the city um samantha will be returning this season and that's the main reason why i even want to watch it Uh, so (laughs) so go check that out uh grace you and i covered all of based on a true story and we had such a fantastic conversation with alex buono who is the executive director he also directed the premiere and the finale of the show he had so much interesting background information to give so definitely check that out and then of course beyond that you can hear me on shit 90 shows taught me talking about 90s content and over on twitch twitch.tv slash the jesterling streaming the last of us two amazing uh rich and i are chatting dark i'm chatting uh the idol with ariel the show we're watching so you don't have to actually i've i've lured jess into watching the idol so again <laughs> jess, jess came on last week and uh with father's day and and juneteenth uh it was like jess i'm available the person baby. watching it yeah, uh, so we're going to watch, uh, watch The Idol this week. Uh, Aaron and I are also doing movie coverage, although Ariel's on a little bit of break. You and I just will be talking Elemental. I know, <laughs> I'm just I, feeling great. New Ariel. New Ariel. <laughs> new Ariel. Ooh, uh, new Ariel. Yeah. Who dis? But Ariel will be back. We'll talk about The Flash at the end of the week. I know Everything is Super is also covering The Flash. You check out their coverage. And over on Rob is a podcast. The Pride is Spoken is in our second season. Uh, we have interviewed Carla and uh, um, also our interview with Hi has dropped, which is very fun. A great conversation. Uh, actually, very little survivor conversation. I felt like it was like awesome. It was so great. Hi was amazing. So check that out. I'm on Twitter at Hi from Grace. We'll be back next week when we count down the 10 best episodes of Succession. Until then, F off! P to the O-D Cast on the weekly About succession So many pots per week See P to the O-D Cast on the weekly About succession Podcasting like a pro Make some noise